you're listening to a real piece of work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to a real piece of work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Well, hello, Matt. (laughs) Hey, Joy. How are you today? I am fabulous. It's kind of funny today because as I'm sitting here prepping for this and and, um, thinking about where we're headed with it, uh, Keegan, my husband, is actually out right now playing at TPC in his uh, golf league night tonight. And so we have with us today someone that does a lot of work to make the course absolutely beautiful that my husband gets to golf on this afternoon. So um, without further ado, Alex, thank you so much for uh, joining us on A Real Piece of Work today at Job Podcast for Young People. Well, thanks for having me, Joy. Thank you, Matt. Have you ever gotten uh, the chance to play out there at the TPC? Yeah, so this fall is 17 years I've been married, and right before my wedding, me and a handful of friends went out there and played, and I'm probably since uh, I've been out there numerous times, and I love every opportunity I get to play TPC at Deer Run, so it's pretty an uh, absolute pleasure to talk to somebody that has the opportunity to provide that wonderful experience to so many people. So, Alex, if you could... Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, your title is director, golf course maintenance operations. I think I got that right. What does that mean, and how'd you get there? Well, really, you know, that title is kind of all encompassing. We're we're in charge of overseeing the maintenance of, of the Deer Run facility. You know, all all the golf holes, landscape areas, the trees, all of the infrastructure, whether it be the irrigation system, the drainage systems. Uh, heart has you know it, it kind of well, kind of the jack of all trades if you will and um, you know I really kind of stumbled into this job right out of high school um, I, I took it as a summer job I had been working in a pizza shop uh, and and didn't really enjoy being indoors all day long and uh, my father uh, had a connection through through somebody he worked with, whose whose brother was a uh, golf course superintendent at a local municipal golf course. And uh, two weeks before I graduated high school, I found myself holding a string trimmer and and a gas can running through about 450 trees, uh, being told just to trim, and uh, getting the response of, "Well, when am I going to be done?" And the the uh, the response back was, "When we pick you up." <laughs> I, I didn't expect this to uh, to to uh, stick very long, and, and I expected hopefully to make it through the summer. But uh, as it wore on, that that facility hosted a uh, Champions Tour golf tournament, and really enjoyed that stress and and all of the excitement that went around that. And I got to be outdoors, and I got to do a lot of different things every day. And uh, fast forward almost 23 years now that I've been with the PGA Tour, I still love what I do. And it, and it started simply with exploring uh, a, a new opportunity in, at the end of my high school career. So out of curiosity, though, are you a golfer? I am. Uh, I actually played more golf before I started working on the golf course. <laughs> um, but what I also enjoy about it is once I started working on the golf course, I enjoyed the game more because I mm. saw the golf course 
more than just the strategy, more than just, well, I need to make a good shot. I was enjoying the design of the golf hole and the aesthetics of the particular hole that I was on. And, and it, it kind of made it more of a big picture to me than just trying to aim for, you know, par, which <laughs> eluded me quite often. <laughs> like most of us. Yes, yes I get it. Exactly. I get it. <laughs> So you, you said you didn't want to be indoors. You wanted to be outdoors. So that was something that kind of led you into that. But was there anything else? Was there something else you wanted to do as you were, quote unquote, growing up career wise that you thought you might be interested in before you shifted into to knowing that you definitely just didn't want to be indoors? You wanted to be doing something more outdoors. Well, you know, what was what was great about it, Joy, is that, you know, I was always drawn to the math and sciences when I was in high school. And so that was a natural expectation of my friends and family to say, well, Alex, you could be a great engineer. You should go into engineering. And so that's that's what I naturally thought in my head is I'll I'll graduate high school and I'll go get an engineering degree. And and that's what I did. I actually began that process at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And I was fortunate not only to have two parents that were were very willing to listen to my trials and tribulations with that. But I also had a an aunt who uh, was a college president. And so that, you know, between my both my parents and her, there was a lot of discussions about passion, and what what is driving you and and it always came back, Alex, do you are you finding a passion for engineering and it and it wasn't there. And so that kind of led us down the other path of, okay, well, you're, you enjoy math, you enjoy the sciences. What are, what other options are there for you? And luckily I had this job working at the golf course where eventually my father looked at me and said, well, Alex, there's a degree you could get in this. And fortunately the university of Minnesota where nearby where I grew up had a program um, that I was able to explore. And Almost within the first hour of the first horticulture class I took, I was hooked because I saw I saw a tangible outcome in my work. I saw something that wasn't going to provide me the same challenge every day. It was it was fresh. It was mind-numbingly crazy at times because you you couldn't just go in and solve a problem and it was instantaneous done and over with. It was something you had to be patient with. And I was never a strong suit in the patients department. So um, that, that made it even more so intriguing. And it was just, it was one of those things where it didn't feel like work. And, and I think that's where, you know, and it took me, this wasn't like a light switch went off. This was a, over the course of almost two years of taking classes and being unsure and having the support system around me to say, hey, that's okay. You know, you got to figure it out on your own and don't feel like if that path is 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 not correct, that it's going to be bad for you. And I, I was fortunate to have that and fortunate to to stumble into to what I did and have now turned it into a uh, a career for myself. Well, I, I'd be kind of curious, the, you, even though you're telling me that and I'm hearing that, you know, you've got this passion for waking up and doing what you do and every day you do every day. There's got to be something that out there that you're just like, if I could get that off my plate, 
I'd like to get that off my plate in terms of responsibilities in my job. It can't be all awesome, right? No, and I think that's that's the it's a it's a great point you make is that we all want to live in this world that's that's uh, how's the statement go through rose colored glasses, and no day is perfect, not every day is the best. But I always tend to look at it as, is how bad was my worst day working on the golf course? And that's truly what, what bleeds out the passion in me is, you know, there, we deal with mother nature. I mean, I look outside the window right now and at, at four in the afternoon, it's finally sunny when it was supposed to be dry and sunny all day. And then it rained for five hours. I was I was actually going to ask you. You were talking about patience, and I wrote down in my little notes here. Man, you have to have some patience. You're dealing with weather, and there like there is no, <laughs> you know, and there's it, an unknown always. And exactly, and, and and as much as we want to say that we're in control of this being, this natural natural being, this golf course. At the end of the day, you're at the mercy of Mother Nature, and you just have to adapt and roll. Sometimes day by day, even sometimes hour by hour, and and yes, the, it challenges your patience. But at the end of the day, you're still experiencing something new. It's it's you can't just fall into a pattern ever uh, with this job. And and yes, I I can certainly agree. There there are days where I'm just like, come on, just give me 75 and sunny. This would make everything go on so much better. But then you also look at we've got a staff of 20 people and you watch them toil through rain or through a hot, dry spell. And the golf course comes out on the other side just in stellar condition. And, and you go, it's, it's almost like climbing that mountain. You've reached the top and, and you battled for it and you fought for it. And I think there's a lot of value that can be placed in that. So speaking of staff, you said you have 20 currently. What are those different duties of the people that you work with or work on the course? What are they What are they doing for maybe some kids that might be interested in coming out and making that uh, part of their career journey? Well, and that's the great thing is, is that amongst our 20 staff, you know, we don't have one person that's in, you know, in charge of this one job and that's their entire existence. You know, we, when it comes to maintaining a golf course, it can be anything from, you know, the stereotypical riding on a mower, cutting grass to more of the things that you see you do around your house, push mowing, line trimming, um, some of the other things that we get into, you know, stripping sod and laying sod and raking bunkers. Um, you know, some of the things that we're doing, you know, to tune for a, a professional golf event is we use sand to firm and smooth the putting surfaces and and spreading that sand and brooming that in and going around and edging the sprinkler heads and edging the cart paths and pruning trees. Uh, We've got a 1400 head irrigation system that um, after 22 years is not as reliable as it once was. So we're you know, we're having to dig those heads up and, and repair pipes and repair electrical wiring. And then come the tournament time, we have structures being built. So we're having to manage the traffic of those things and, and locate all of our utilities around that. So each day, what we try to provide, which I really think is a big difference from, big difference from a lot of jobs, is that we provide variety. 
One day you could be raking bunkers. The next day you could be mowing rough. The next day you could be in a pond trying to figure out why an aerator isn't working. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we can, and, and, and the thing that really helps us with that is that our job is very good to cater to people with different personalities, different ways about going towards life. And, you know, we have, you know, retired news directors and retired grounds people, and we've got kids that are in college. We have, we have people that are actually taking classes in the middle of the workday. They just open up their laptop in our break room and take their class and go back to work. And so that's what's really exciting about this job is that there's no one type of person or personality, but we all come together as a team, as a family to get the job done. And we know our strengths, we know our challenges, and, and we work together um, and adapt together. So uh, I, it, it's fascinating to hear about the mix of people, the number of people. Um, I'm sure right now with the John Deere Classic around the corner, things are pretty hectic. I'm kind of curious, just what are you doing off, literally off season? Like what, what is November through March as a Midwest golf course, you know, maintenance and operations director look like? You know, for us, we actually find that the month, months of November through March are actually our most productive and also are the most contributive towards the success of the John Deere Classic because it's over those months that, you know, we're without the golfer on the golf course. So we can undertake uh, the necessary, you know, tree pruning, tree removals. Uh, we install a lot of drainage. The, the big challenge with the date of the John Deere Classic is that Mother Nature loves to open up, open up the waterfall. You know, it's, it's guaranteed that if your lawn is dry, just make sure it's getting drier on the John Deere Classic because it will rain. That's a given. We, we, we've got statistical analysis that proves that. You know, so installing drainage gets the golf course to dry out quicker after a rain, which allows us to resume play quicker. You know, we're looking at, we just wrapped up a few projects as it related to spectator and equipment traffic during the actual playing of the event. So all of those things we're working on, plus maintaining a, well, what are we up to? About 190-piece John Deere equipment fleet uh, that maintains the golf course. Because once we get to, you know, middle of May, then we're just, we're really maintaining the golf course. We need to present it daily for our guests, all the mowing, the trimming, the detail work. So all of that back of the house maneuvering that we do in the in what I call just the shoulder season is the most important to us of having a successful and healthy golf course uh, come uh, come July. So I'm curious about your continuing education in this type of job. You know, different different jobs require a different level or amount of it. What what does that look like for you in your position? You know, are you reading articles? Are you talking with other professionals that are in the same type of environment as you and learning all the tips and tricks? Or what do you do? That's a great question, Joy, because with our industry, you know, no one golf course is the same and no geography across the world is the same. So there's a lot of networking that goes on between, you know, directors of golf course maintenance both locally and nationally, and, and social media has been a great add to that, where you can, you know, search over Twitter or, or over Facebook groups and pick up new thoughts and ideas. 
And that's a very organic type of way of, of growing your experiences. But also as turf professionals, you know, we're working in the environment. We're, we're stewards of the ecosystem. And, and as we've learned with, with global warming and environmental change, we have to be able to adapt our practices. So that involves, you know, working with local authorities you know, I myself am a grassroots ambassador with the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, where, where we're volunteer to interact with our local legislators if the need arises to, to make sure that we're, we're moving the ecosystem in a forward manner that's responsible, that's uh, respectful for, for our communities that we're working in. You know, so there's that level of more formal um, career and, and professional growth. And then myself, uh, again, through the GCSAA, we have a professional certification that involves a very rigorous exam and portfolio, as well as uh, a course attestation by our peers that basically says that we've, we've attained a higher level of professional development in our industry because we you know, for me, it was a per, it was a personal goal. Um, but this is much like other industries; you can't rest on the education you received twenty years ago. It just changes too quickly. And I've always been a big believer: you can't stop learning. And so, our industry has afforded us that. And I think the big thing in it, especially for for the the generations coming up, is communication. And being open to having conversations like we're having right now. Granted, it's face to face over over a computer, but it's not text message. It's not a direct message. It's not a, a Snapchat. It's people conversing and talking. It's amazing how much information can come out in these interactions. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and it'll be interesting and fascinating as time moves forward and uh, through next generations. Have, are they going to be as comfortable having these interactions in this manner? But uh, I, I'd be kind of curious as, you know, you're 20 plus re years removed doing what you're doing. Anything that just stands out, you're like, man, I never anticipated that being a part of my job. You know, for me, and, and this was, um, it was, it was when I got into the business, you know, I, I've been born and raised in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And I love it up there. I love the state, well, other than about two months in the winter when the snow gets about two feet deep. But um, I never thought I'd leave Minnesota. My family was there. Um, you know, my brother and his family, my parents, all of our cousins and aunts and uncles, most of them were there. And that's what I thought it would be. And then I, I, I took the job as an assistant superintendent at TPC Deer Run under the, the premise of, well, I need to go get more experience, but then I'll go back to Minnesota. And that was in 2002. And albeit a nine-month return to the state uh, on my career path, I've completely done a 180 and have spent, you know, 15 years here in Illinois. I spent five years in Texas. I got to spend seven weeks in New Orleans, uh, seven weeks in Incheon, Korea, as well as some other smaller temporary assignments around the country. And now with a uh, uh, promotion I'll be taking in September, I'll be traveling around the country visiting our TPCs. And so this, this 
you know, I never thought that this job would afford me the opportunity to open my mind to seeing more of the country, to being comfortable going into strange places, places I was uncomfortable going into and, and, and being able to network and, and build this large group of people that I can consider, you know, really my extended family. So Thank you. speaking of generations and of the, the promotion that's coming up, which congratulations, we'll dig into that. But uh, Isaac Rumler, who you might know, who tends to frequent the TPC deer run course quite often. Um, and I know prior to us getting on, you mentioned you you do know of Isaac. He's uh, our high school student or not quite high school getting there that has the student question for us today. And so his question for you, Alex, is, well, there's two. It's two part. First, what is your favorite course uh, besides Deer Run? And then the second part of the question is, what course are you most looking forward to setting up for the tour? Those are great questions from Isaac. I'm, I'm glad he phrased it my most favorite course outside of Deer Run. <laughs> because that, that one is so hard to, to let go uh, and place anywhere but on the pinnacle because it, it it's such a great combination of location and community and design and the tournament. I think it as a complete package, it doesn't get any better. Um, but for for if I were to if I were to put one second on the list of courses that I've been uh, have had the opportunity to visit, uh, I would say Pinehurst the Pinehurst complex because of what they're doing from a um, growing the game. Uh, they've just partnered up with the USGA to, to promote the game even further, but they've also changed the way that they're managing their golf courses to be more natural, to be more fitting of their original design. And they've just been great stewards to our industry. So I, I had the opportunity to play course four. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've had two opportunities to play course number two. And I, when I'm there, I I feel like I'm still in nature, much like when I'm at Deer Run. So that that would be my vote. But looking ahead to you know courses, I'll get to to be involved with out on the tour. Um, again, I have to put in the caveat because I'll still be helping set up Deer Run. But I think for me, I will look forward if I get the opportunity to return to the other courses in the TPC network that I've been involved with, which are TPC Twin Cities, uh, which I was part of the grow-in team while I was still in college, and then TPC San Antonio in Texas, where my first day on that property, there hadn't been a, a tree cut down or a uh, a shred of dirt moved. It was a. It was still a cattle ranch that was about to be turned into a resort. And so, having to toil through the woods of the Texas Hill Country, battling wild pigs and rattlesnakes, and you know, a Midwest boy in Southern Texas, I was a complete duck out of water. And uh, to be able to go back there at some point in time and and be able to work with the the fine staff there would would certainly be great. Uh, that's uh that, that's a pretty good way to respond to I uh, to the question there from Isaac and uh, in that vein and less joy. Is there anything that you're just begging to ask before we wrap this up? I am not, Matt. You take it. Sure. So, uh, Alex, you really have been a piece of work here. But one of the things that we like to wrap up with is always asking our guest, you know, look back at a 
you know, 16-year-old Alex and say, hey, buddy, could you start doing this? Could you stop doing this? Keep doing this to knowing where you're at today. There, how would you respond to that? I think that's a fantastic question. And if I had that opportunity to look at myself when I was 16 years old, I would say, if you don't already start keeping an open mind. And the thing I would stop doing is thinking that you have one path in life. And a thing to continue to do is to communicate. Because you never know the person that you shake hands with or the person that, say you're working at, at, at a restaurant, that person that you serve a meal to or you know that person you hold the door open for, that could be your next opportunity. And the, the verbal and nonverbal communication that you have throughout your life is what will take you to distances you can't even realize. Love it. Really appreciate you supporting Junior Achievement, doing all the things you're doing for the John Deere Classic and the impact that tournament specifically has on this community. Um, so thank you for being on A Real Piece of Work, job podcast for young people. Well, Joy, another great interview guest there. And I'd just be kind of curious, you know, the, what what are your reflections about Alex and the world that he plays in? So, well, first of all, it's just the whole golfing right now, which gets me excited, all the things I don't think about with golf. And then just the tie-in to Isaac uh, Rummler, who was recently at our our golf outing and being out at the course. But I like to tie so many things in my life to lyrics. And a lot of times when people are speaking, all of a sudden I think of a song. And so when uh, Alex was talking about just at one point in his um, our interview – what came to my mind is if you got a chance, take it and a dream won't chase itself because he's just talking about the opportunity and always be willing to when that someone knocks on that door to at least crack it open and see where it's going to lead you. And so for me, that was probably my biggest takeaway from his and continues mm-hmm. to be one of those. But just a really cool in general career that I would never even think existed, to be honest, right. um, as I'm raising my two boys and they're talking all of their interest in things. It's really giving me as a as a parent, as a mama perspective, different than I would ever have um, yeah. just to open their minds too, to different opportunities, such as Alex's position here in the Quad Cities. Yeah. How about you? Well, and again, another theme, wasn't 100% sure what he wanted to do. He knew he didn't want to be in a retail or excuse me, an environment where He's maybe stuck inside, uh, but very minutiae thing that stood out for me in this one is um, I'm not sure that anybody that's, you know, maintaining and operating a TPC golf course, I don't know if anybody would say, guess what, by the way, you're going to be an ambassador to go out and interact with state legislators to say, how are we going to be better stewards of our environment? You know, that that's just one of those all, all other duties as assigned that, I'm guessing that Alex did not know that was going to be something he was going to have to be taken care of, but it's on his plate. And you know what? It's probably pretty cool. And you know, it's, it, it, it's going to make a, hopefully a big difference for our environment and our world for decades and centuries to come. So uh, a little bit in the weeds on that one, but I thought it was pretty cool to hear about. It was, you know, I never thought I was going to be a co-host on a podcast either, Matt. So (laughs) (laughs) lucky us, right? Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Joy. You did a real good piece of work today. (laughs) 